With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Session. Report to the chat room, pin and pat a hand. 
beat it early and beat the caravan. People storm in the gate to get a plate. Them lines packed like the happy land. Either open up with the latest cuts or them rat tools. The bump out the latest trucks from 9 to 11. We do it in the dark like we used to do it in the park for the most part. From the very second that the show starts, you witness and compose all, think Mozart, huh? The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to run, but they medulla, they sharp, man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off any Zolar. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Peace, 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 peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours. This is Noble Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue. All right? Soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red, all right, as well as KT, family, to another epic episode of DTL Radio. All right? hope that we are reaching everyone in optimum health. You know, I hope that your weekend was as fun-packed and eventful as ours was. You know what I'm saying? This we do uh, sincerely, honestly hope. All right, y'all. Definitely got a treat in store for the family tonight. Let me go and open up the line from a co-host. One of my first co-hosts check in for the evening. Call us from the 404-492. Peace. Peace, peace. What's the deal? What's the deal, family? Brother. How you doing? I'm here, man. I, you know, it's like the whole day has been building up to this moment. It's like <laughs> super duper frigid here in New York. Oh yeah, so, it is down here too, son. Like it yeah, was, uh, I heard. the high was thirty, yeah. The high is thirty. It was like eight degrees with the wind chill this morning, son. Thirty in the A? Yeah, thirty is the high. Yes, the high was thirty. Wow. Uh huh. Wow, the high was thirty. That's crazy. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. Huh? Yeah, man. So, uh, so we had a good time. Yeah. So you were back in the days, building, huh? you know, <laughs> briefly about uh the experience. Oh, man. Uh, ah, where do I begin, man? First of all, uh, let me give a 
there's so many people I got to thank. But, of course, I'm going to start off with thanking uh, you and Red uh, for laying out the red carpet for me uh, and opening up all the portals while I was up there, you know, starting off initiating this tour. It started off real, real strong. Um, I got to give a shout-out to Soul Messiah, Rock. Nairobi uh, for putting it down. <laughs> they got it in, man. I got to give a shout-out to Nicholas Bookstore uh, for having me, um, you know, both nights on the 12th and the 14th. We did the two-part. Uh, the first part was Interstellar. The second part was All Rose Lead to Wakanda. Um, and I, I appreciate all the people that came out to support the, the great questions you know, the minds, you know, uh, it was, it was just so interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, just cracking it open and just to see, you know, all the things that unfolded afterwards, like landing on a comet, you know, I was breaking down Ultron being Aquarius on the 14th, then on the 15th, the same day, William Herschel's birthday, was the guy who discovered Uranus, you know, the news came out about the storm and I was talking about uh, Epitomac, you know, and, and my my house dealing with the storm energy, you know, so it was real interesting that, you know, you found that article the next day. Um, I got to give a shout out. No, to I, found the article. I found the article that night. Yeah, I know. I know. Right so at midnight, that right the lecture. 15. Yeah. yeah, there was science, the scientists were able to observe a storm on Uranus, Uranus for the very first time um, to give them you know, some insight into the actual formation and undertakings of that planet. It was that planet became illuminated, and his brother illuminated that planet earlier on in his lecture by touching on, you know, the final points of how that planet is factoring into society and this Aquarius right now, stage right. and, and, and how they incorporate it into this movie. And Ultron yep. is actually representative of that, and he was touching on Storm. He was touching on... Yeah, Epitomac and, and how the storm is, is all of these things, like everything just meshed together. And, you know, and Miller's planet as I often on do, Interstellar. When I, when, I, when I log into these social networks, you know, to me, which are like trestle boards for those that do magic in cyberspace, you know what I'm saying? When I log into that trestle board that, I call, that we call Facebook and I seen it trending, I was like, okay, here's another another instance of entanglement, you know what I'm saying? The brother and I crossed over and, and brought the narrative closer to his narrative, and that's what we're supposed to do as G.O.D., so definitely want to get his brother a resounding salute, shout-out, continue to manifest the, the power of Jehudi, you know what I'm saying, by speaking Man. truth to power, opening your mouth, and just that's creating right. your reality. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I, I went in hard and in the cellar talking about Miller's planet, why they had the big waves. It was representing the glyph of Aquarius ruled by Uranus. You know, um, just touching on the fact that uh, the Pinocchio, I, I didn't even touch on the, I didn't elaborate on the Pinocchio thing, but um, when I was breaking down Uranus in regards to Age of Ultron, how they was using I've Got No Strings on Me, which was... Uh, the Pinocchio, which was Disney, you know, Disney owned Marvel, and Pinocchio came out February 7, 1940, and the guy playing 
um, Ultron, his birthday is also February 7th, James Spader. And what makes it so right. uh, important was the Pinocchio, etymologically, uh, the, the pine from the word Pinocchio represents pine, and Okio represents eye. So we're talking pine eye mm-hmm. now. Who knows who who out there <laughs> understands what pine and eye mean? We're talking pineal gland. That's why they were saying I got no strings on me because the pineal gland. Speak, is speak your, your, directly your, into the phone, bro, man. You were very clear oh, a little while ago. There you go, you can't, my man. Can you hear me? Yeah, you hear me? yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, pine means pine, and okio means eye. So that means pineal gland. That means third eye. That's why they was using God, the Pinocchio, man. and they got they're resonating with the Aquarian energy. You know, pineal glands don't got no strings. They try to they try to put strings on you, try to hold you down, try to keep you from doing what you need to do. But by Look, activating, activating your huh, you're a legend. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Your digital footprint is too expensive for me. I guess and, 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 and run through the blog roll of all of these sites that you appeared on and all of these, you know, videos that you got out there floating in cyberspace all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? You definitely represented the age of Aquarius. You flooded the Internet with, with, with content. People have full-fledged lectures of yours that they can now go and check out. You know what I'm saying? They can also get on the road to Wakanda, let them know where they can go and check some of this material out in anticipation for, you know, your epic releases. Cause I know you're going to be packaging product and putting oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, special yeah. effects on it. it but in the I meantime, know, in between the host, time. The host is coming. Still hear me, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah. You're not as clear as you was but, a second ago. How about now? Yeah, man. Stick stick with that right there. All right. All right, cool. So I want to give a shout-out to Sonetta TV uh, for opening up the door and the couch to me in red and blue um, to come in there and, and, you know, do what I do. And um, just be free about spreading the word. So thank you for that. I want to give a shout-out to Brother Rich and and Underground Railroad, Um, you know, Black Magic. Shout-out. Shout-out. You know, for the interviews, the two Rich. interviews. Yes. He did two interviews. I did something with uh with Jew and Ampu. So you can find all of that um on YouTube. Um, if you go to my yes, uh, Hollywood, my KT to Arch degree YouTube page. If you go to my Hollywood Dakota page on Facebook. Um, if you want, you know, some DVDs now, you could check out. You could just type in LucyDakota.com. DjangoDakota.com, or just type in HollywoodDakota.com, any one of them, and and the DVDs will pop up. If you want to support, you can go in the archives on No Ledge Radio and type in KT to Arts Degree. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just everywhere. I know I'm popping up in forums and boards and and all types of stuff. So I'm not even seeing to what extent I've been stretched out. But um, you know, when you combine Tahuti with uh, Uranus. <laughs> You know you're gonna you're gonna kind of cover the whole spectrum. You know what I'm saying? So big shout out to my pops, to my dad, George Edward Tate, for uh, bringing me in, obviously to the red carpet to the Tamari Temple in Harlem, where I was able to do some events there too, and uh, you know meet the family. Um, you know he put my big boy pants on, 
uh, with that. And um, I want to share something real, real quick with the family, man, that, you know, I wasn't aware of. My father had to tell me he was given a, first of all, my father's dead, George Edward Tate. Uh, and he is the poet laureate of Harlem. He is the only other poet laureate of Harlem, second to Langston Hughes. He's been the poet laureate for the past 30 years. So when he was bringing me up to introduce yeah, me yeah. to people. Hold on, for that alone, for that alone, that's not light. Yeah, it ain't light, though. Yeah, you me? The only other yeah, poet is. laureate outside of Langston Hughes in Harlem has many poets. Shout out to Abby Doon and, and, and the family. Like, we talking heavy, heavyweight. 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 So I, I know it. <laughs> I got work George, to do. George, you know, <laughs> yeah, Edward Tate. You know what I'm saying? His brother, his father is, is a legend. Shout yeah, out to yeah. Black and Nobel. They had your pops books up in there. Last time we went up in there, stacked on themselves, too. Oh, yeah, too, yeah. So. If y'all want to check them out, he got At War, he got At Arms, he got Sword Songs. That's the trilogy um, of his uh, poetic anthology. And, and you know, he, he has guest uh, writings and in, in a bunch of other publications. I mean, if I was to talk about everything he did, we'd be on the phone till you know, the next millennia straight up. He gets it in, son, so... You know, um, I'm just uh, I'm just finally applying, you know, everything that I've been building up, marinating. You know, the tadpole got to get rid of its tail to hop out the water. So, you know, I'm coming out the waters now. But, um, you know, That's I just right. want to give thanks to my father um, for that power. I'm proud of you. Family, I'm proud of this young man. You know what I'm saying? Because even looking at his presentation and, looking at um, some of the footage that you put up of the Nicholas presentation, just all these presentations, you're so poised in your delivery, you're so precise in your knowledge, and even though we're talking about entertainment, brother uses these topics as segues to actually offer real tangible solutions, you know what I'm saying, to put us in the psychology of problem solving, you know, by way of inspiring us, by giving us back our story, the glory of our story, like, how could you not have your, your chin up and your chest out after hearing this information? You know what I'm saying? This brother is totally restoring that which might be, you know, a little wobble, you know, the leaning tower of Pisa, he's straightening it up. So <laughs> I want to thank you for the strength of your information. You know what I'm saying? This oh, is not wow. all about entertainment, family. This is definitely edutainment. It's entertainment of the highest degree is high science. This brother is very well versed in a multitude of topics. And, you know, we ain't talking like stutter stepping, like straight through, just on cat, no notes. Right, you know right. We didn't no even get into the like, nutritional yeah. side. You know, yeah, man, you know, um, step by baby steps, you know, I'm just, I'm taking my time with the people. I'm spoon feeding them right now, even though they, they might fill us to deluge. Like I'm just getting started. They have no idea what I got in store for them, but it's coming. It's definitely coming. Do I have time to tell this quick story real quick, or is the is the is the guest ready to come on? You you have time, please. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go in real quick. So um, my my father's about about to present me um, and, and introduce me to the fam to come up and do a presentation. So he decides to tell a story. You know what I mean? That's that's what the Jalakunda and the Griot did in in the community. They tell stories. So he was like, yeah. So 
I want you to take I want to take y'all back to when Kamani was five because I'm KC the Arch degree, but the K stands for Kamani, the T stands for Tate, you know. So they, he was saying, um, yeah, you know, when Kamani was five years old, um, you know, I, I I put him up on stage with me, you know, and and moved to the side, and and I looked at him and I said, what are the colors of the African flag? And I would say red, black, and green. He was like, okay, what does the red stand for? And I'd say, oh, the blood. He'd say, okay, what does the black stand for? The black stands for the people. He'd say, what does the green stand for? The green stands for the land, right? So I'm five, right? So everybody's going crazy in the audience. So he says, okay, what's the three states of matter? So I'm like liquid, solid, and gas. So when I hit that three states of matter, everybody jumps up applauding. And he, he then he pauses and tells the audience, including the two guests to honors, who is John Henry Clark and Dr. Ben. So I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I, said, I said, hold wow. up. I said, what? I'm that boy. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> I was like, son. I was decoding since I was in kindergarten, but nah, you know, it's like confidence and, and being conceited, you know, are definitely two different things. And confidence is always a, a energy, a mechanism that you need when dealing with the people, when dealing with anybody. And, um, you know, he definitely was able to restore a certain level of confidence in me dealing with him because, you know, he's the gatekeeper. He's the timekeeper, you know, of a lot of my past. He He was right there. He remembers what I was doing, you know, verbatim. So, you know, he restored a lot in me, and that story alone just blew me up. I, you know, every time I hear about John Henry Clark and I read about Dr. Ben and, and their contributions and the information that I speak of to this day based upon their research, their words, their studies, their findings, and to find out that I actually had an opportunity to lecture to them as a child, you know, that was that was just, Wow. I couldn't ask for anything greater than that. So, you know, amongst everything else he did for my birthday, that was one of the most powerful gifts he was able to give me was bringing that memory back, you know. But um, like Amazing. I said, man, I'm just grateful, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm here to do. Um, and the people, you know, just 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 keep your ears open and receive, and I'm coming and, and respond and ask me questions, whether you like what I'm saying or you don't like. I, I love you both. Because um, in both aspects, it forces me to grow, to develop, to bring more, you know, and then we can come together and become that unified front, you know, that, we, that we're here to be. Indeed. Fact, Indeed. Fact. So we could definitely look forward to a lot more from KT to Art Degree in, regard, in regards to his definitely. presentations. He'll be definitely. coming up here definitely. frequently. And, um, yeah, I'll you be know, back up in NY just, in January. I'm yeah. working on Detroit right now, and I'm working on uh, Baltimore. Baltimore and Detroit hitting me up, so we're just working on the dates. So if anybody's listening right now that's been following me and you need me in your city, um, you know, just holler at me on Facebook, message me on Hollywood Decoded or Kamani Tate, K-A-M-A-N-I-T-A-I-T, or email me at kt.com. K A M A N I at gmail dot com. No doubt. Appreciate you, bro. Right. I appreciate um, you. Appreciate Red. Appreciate and that's you. Power we got. That's Zulu. 
Yeah, Red went in too on the presentation. I want to definitely salute him. Oh yeah, he that in yeah. beautifully, perfectly. Came from a place I I didn't even anticipate. Family, if you if you were out the loop and you didn't know, last Friday we did a late show, uh, part two of the uh, mechanics of belief with A.A. Rashid. Yes. Please go on the archive and get that shit as a gem. That was high yeah. science. Shout out to Rob Cool. Cosmo crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, whew. Yeah, he went in. Yeah, he went in. Yes, yes. They went in. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's it in the archive. You know? Yeah, man. Power. Um, man. Yes. And it's a perfect segue leading up to this evening's monumental presentation, okay, the epic show that we have in store for you, featuring our brother Hakeem Bay, a.k.a. Morpheus. You know what it's about. When the brother comes back around, he always comes with a powerful paradigm-shifting conversation, <laughs> and I'm sure tonight will be no different, okay? That's it. So, uh, Brother Red, do you know what phone number you're expecting to call from him from? Brother Red. In the meantime, is Sister Kafunia in the building? I know she has a very quick announcement that she needs to make to the family pertaining to an upcoming trip that she is organizing this weekend. Okay taking the family to the Crystal Caves up off in New York. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Herkimas the indigenous up there. That's where the Herkima diamonds come from in New yeah, York. Yeah, that's where them Herkimas, Herkimas is native to that region of the planet. Of course, we also know Dr. Savior will be in trekking through the East Philly, Coast Philly. this weekend, Friday in Philly, Saturday Yeah, they'll be in uh, Brooklyn on the 22nd, Brooklyn. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay. So the family does not going to be going to that. Check Cisco Funia out. You can check out her Facebook page. If she has the information posted there pertaining to the trip, Kafunia um, Ife on Facebook. Holla at her real quick. Here she go. I'm going to let her get it in real quick before we get to tonight's guests. Three, four, seven, nine, seven, two, peace. Namaste. Namaste. Yes, greetings. How are you? All is well in yourself. Good, 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 good. I just wanted to give a special shout out to uh, the arts degree for such a uh, cellular uh, program that he did recently at Nicholas Brooklyn. Uh, decoding yes. uh, interstellular, which I went to see for the second time. And because I had the opportunity to see um, and hear the arts degree, I was able to understand uh, the film uh, much more and went wow. to go see yes, it indeed. again. Went to go see oh, it again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 
it's an amazing film, and I, I think I'm going to go see it in IMAX theater next. And oh, yeah, that's how I saw it initially. Yeah, I want to see it in, in, in the IMAX uh, theater. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and also yes. um, it also gives you another uh, uh, respect for the planet Earth that we're living on also. That's what I love about it, too. The, oh, the, yeah. film, the film is very, very um, beautiful and encouraging, and it just shows the determination of uh, the determination of the quote-unquote human species and the fact that we are dealing with multi multi dimensional beings because every time, like I listen to um, what's the brother's name, uh, Gano, he also speaks about yes. six dimensional beings, and it, it, it's a deep film. And I encourage those to get uh, KT Arch degrees um, uh, synopsis and summary of of the film. And also of Lucy, I watched Lucy as well. And another film that's coming up, I hope he's going to be decoding that one, and that is The Hunger Games, uh, The Marketing oh, yeah. Day. That's right. That's, that's uh, this upcoming weekend, actually, right? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And that's also, right. um, on another note, I just want to let everybody know that if they're interested in going to the Crystal Road Trip that we're doing this coming weekend, um, the, the, you know, after Thursday, I'm not going to be taking any more uh, requests uh, for it, but we're going to be going into um, mine, Sacred Sites and Crystal Mines, upstate New York. It's an overnight event. We're going to be visiting six million year old or six million year young uh, crystal uh, caves that have enormous uh, uh, temples inside them and underground uh, water uh, boat rides. And uh, one of the other uh, mines that we're going to be going into, Crystal Caves that we're going to be going into, is one with a 100-foot waterfall. And we're going to be doing a meditation to give to Mama Earth because Everybody's talking about healing Mama Earth, but my good sister, uh, Bev L, was saying the Earth doesn't need to be healed. People need to be healed. And once they're healed, the Earth will automatically, uh, you know, adjust itself. But the Earth is going to adjust itself whether we, uh, you know, whether we do it or not. She's going to do her thing. But we're paying homage to uh, Mother Earth, and every time we do that, she responds. The first time, she responded with a rainbow. The second time, she responded with 11 herus. So we we are going to see what she's going to be responding to us this time, and I'm encouraging people to bring their offerings bring their crystals because in the 100-foot waterfall, able to clear our crystals, but we can't 
um, drink the water because, you know, the water is very, very potent. So you cannot drink it, but you'll be able to wash your crystals uh, there also. And that's going to take place on the 22nd and the 23rd. We leave at 6 a.m. and we return Sunday around 9 a.m. So if people are interested, you know, you ride the underground subway, how about really seeing what's happening underneath the ground and giving the reverence to, uh, you know, Mama Earth and her innards in her wound, in her vagina, and seeing the various crystals and everything there. So um, I just wanted to thank you once again for allowing me to express my feelings to KT Archdegree and his phenomenal work, brilliant, stretching, (laughs) (laughs) mind-stretching works, and the fact um, I also want to acknowledge uh, Ross Ben for sparking me. Yes. You know, because he's the one that said, hey, Kafunia, you need to come up to Franklin, uh, to the Franklin Mines and see the various crystals there. And he's been with us on two of the road trips. I'm not sure if he's coming on the third one, but if he is, you know, he's more than welcome. That's my brother. And yes. uh, I want Salute to acknowledge to him. Yes, Ross Ben, the, the Earth Keeper. Yeah, I have to give him a call and let him get himself up here. Uh, the other thing is I want to acknowledge you, um, Nodaledge Radio, both Red Pill and Blue Pill, uh, for allowing me to also let people know of these uh, different things that are going on within the Earth, on the Earth, and outside of the Earth, in the universe. And the fact that you had your Earth Day coming up, well, it came already, but you're going to have another opportunity to go to the Millionaire Mind Intensive because I was able to secure certificates for the next one. Oh, that is going to expand okay. your coming in April. Give thanks. Give thanks. Right. Good. And I also have material for you, so... At some point, KT we knows how discombobulated I was because I missed that. You know, I wasn't even, I was a little bit off kilter for the day. I had to balance myself. So it's definitely, yeah. definitely a blessing to hear that. So it, it's right. international. It has no, it's, it, listen, we'll talk about it another time uh, when you yes, give indeed. me another opportunity to speak. And I'll tell you the experiences that we had at the Millionaire Mine Intensive. Okay? Indeed. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for allowing. And my phone number for those who are interested in going on the Crystal Road Trip, Part 3, is 347-972-0901. Holler at me if you're interested. Let me know. Peace and blessings. Yes, indeed. Holler at sister. Salute. Love and light. Namaste. Love and light. Thank you. Uh-huh. Indeed, family. Okay. Yes. We're going to get into the description of tonight's program, and we're going to delve directly into it. KTL Radio presents The End of the World, featuring Hakeem Bay, a.k.a. Morpheus. Joining Overledge Radios, we are joined by none other than 
Morpheus, a.k.a. Hakeem Bay. Brother Bay has returned from one of his epic vision quests, and he has a revelation to reveal to the family. In the words of Morpheus, wait until you hear about what has happened. Probably won't believe it, but you can be made a zombie at any moment now. Some have already been activated. What is about to happen is serious, but can be survived if you're serious. Free yourselves now. It won't be easy initially, but it can be done. There is a major problem, but I have a major solution. We now stand at the crossroads of heaven and hell, and the choice is yours for which one you will experience. I will part the Red Sea and show you the true path to freedom. It's time for the exodus. Okay, family? So welcome to this epic broadcast. All right? This is a transmission that you do not want to miss. And for those of you that are with us, for those of you that will be hearing this in the archive, hold on tight. I'm about to open up the line and present to you our caller from the 646-245. With no further ado. Hey. Hey. that I'm about to reveal is, is the result of a vision quest. And 
this is the one, two, three, I would say the fourth major vision quest that I've been on since 2007. In between that, it was little minor vision quests and laboratory sessions and so on and so forth. But I would say um, in terms of major vision quests, this is the fourth one. As a matter of fact, I'm still on it, actually. You know, this is the first time I actually uh, broke while still on a vision quest and did a radio show because this topic is that important and it's time to really, you know, um, um, do a lot of things. So first let me just uh, put in context the whole issue of the vision quest. Um, as y'all remember, a long time ago I said um, that um, I want, you know, I was inspired to resurrect the institution of the dead institution sort of died off, but that institution is key. The, the whole purpose of the vision quest is knowledge of self, know thyself. That's the whole purpose of the vision quest. And sometimes, you know, you have to separate yourself from everyone else in order to know yourself without no disturbance, without no interference, without no other side things going on so that you know you're just dealing with you. All right, and this is the purpose of the vision quest amongst the ancestors, you know. Um, and as a matter of fact, you even read about it in the Bible where it talks about Jesus going off for 40 days and so on and so forth. And you read about Noah going off. You read about Enoch, the divine step in Enoch, saying, Enoch, you must separate yourself from the sons of men for a period of time because I have certain things that I must reveal to you. Um, uh, even Prophet Muhammad, you know, when he received the revelations while in the cave, fasting, away from everyone else. You know, this is a very, very important thing for those striving to know thyself. But the way that the current world order structures is not conducive for people going on ambition quests. It's not like you go to your 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 your, your job and your employer and say, three months off, I'm going on a vision quest." They <laughs> look at you like, "What? <laughs> you know what? Take take the take the rest of the rest of the year off." As a matter of fact, you know. So um, this society is not conducive to that. The only way you could really do a vision quest is if you self-employed and you're able to carve out that time for yourself. All right. Other than that, it's not conducive for you going to vision quest because they don't want you to really think and really reflect on what's going on in your life and around around you. You know, they don't want that. You know, they just want you to go along with the way slavery, you know, system. So the vision quest is very important. And just to kind of sum everything up, the first time I was inspired to go on a vision quest was in 2007. During um, I left uh, for the vision quest in September and returned back in December. It was three months. They usually turn out the vision quest usually turn out to be three months. And for those three months, I was just on the road. You know, I never slept in a hotel once. <laughs> the whole time, I was just on the road, on in the road, just going from town to town, national park to national park. I was just going wherever the design, the divine told me to go in order to receive the series of revelations that I did receive. And so this is in 2007, and those revelations were very important. And while I was going through those revelations, there was very important things going on within our solar system. At the exact same time, I was receiving the revelation. The exact same time I was receiving, receiving this revelation in Colorado, there was an um, event that took place involving a comet called Comet Home 17P. You could Google it and look it up. And this is this took place right at the time when I received the revelation around October 24th, 2007. This comet, for some reason that the scientists don't understood, expanded a million times. It got a million times brighter. 
to the point where it was so big, it was the largest object in our solar system, larger than the sun. And they never seen anything like that happen before. But it was right at the time I was receiving the vision course. And if you look at the at the um, animations of what took place, you will see it took place right in the constellation Perseus, and right where Perseus' uh, hand is up with the sword, the comet made the gesture of the sword coming down, taking the head of the Medusa. Hmm. All right, and so this was a very important event because this was the first first part of the slaying of a beast. And during that particular vision quest was what was revealed to me at that time and what was said to what was shown and what was said to me was a couple of things. Um one one revelation revealed to me what came to be known as the divine trust. And the divine trust is really the social economic system of sovereigns because the question came up if you if a sovereign is beholden unto none, you have two peoples in this world. You got sovereigns and you got subjects. Sub, sovereigns are beholden unto none, and so, and subjects are subject to sovereigns. And so, right. if you have a in, in this world order, the formula is a handful of sovereigns, so-called illuminated ones, and masses and masses of subjects who are subject to these sovereigns mainly because of lack of knowledge, lack of certain a certain type of knowledge, all right? And so so the question is, if you have a group of sovereigns and they be holding on to none, how are you going to get these sovereigns to work together if they be holding on to no one, all right? And so what was revealed to me at that time was a socioeconomic uh, system referred which came to be referred to as the divine trust. And I was shown that in our condition and, and based on the things that was about to take place, the only thing that will be able to survive, only organization that will be able to survive is an unincorporated divine body or sometimes referred to as an unincorporated church, temple, whatever case may be, unincorporated. And there's reasons for that. I'm not going to get into the detail of that, but there's reasons for that. All other forms they can move on. 99.9% of the so-called religious bodies or divine bodies, whether it be temp, temple, masters, synagogue, church, whatever, 99.9% of them are unincorporated, uh, excuse me, nonprofit corporations set up for religious purposes. That is something totally different. That's under the jurisdiction of the Secretary of State. As a matter of fact, the reason why they created that was because of the power that the old ancient form of religious corporation gave you. That's what the Prophet Noble Dwali used. He used the old form of religious corporation coming from the Religious Corporation Act, RCA of Illinois, 1876. That form of religious corporation is not under the jurisdiction of the Secretary of State and is perpetual, whereas the not-for-profit corporation set up for religious purposes is under the Secretary of State, and he could shut it down if you fail to file annual reports for one year. All right, so these are two different entities, and the reason why they came out with the latter entity, the nonprofit one, is so that they could have control over it. Whereas in the old form of religious corporation, you could actually form what's called ecclesiastical government or divine government. And this is why the prophet had Tushan bylaws. See, in this nation, you have two forms of government 
divine and national. This is why you have two seals on a dollar bill, divine and national, and one cannot interfere with the other based on the doctrine of separation of church and state. Now, I'm going to bring this up again in a minute, a little bit later on tonight, but um, just keep this in the back of your mind. So this is what was revealed to me. Each vision quest, certain things were revealed to me, but they were revealed to me so far in advance of time that certain things had to happen after the vision quest in order so that those things that was revealed to me could manifest. And so give you an example, what was revealed to me at that time was the uh, socioeconomic system of, of free sovereigns called the divine trust because what, what we would have to do is set up as a trust, and a trust you have three main elements, the trust res or trust property, the, the, uh, the trustee, and the beneficiary once the trust is created. The more scientific of itself is a trust, all right? And when you proclaim, the way it was structured was such that if you, when you proclaimed your, your nationality, that made you a beneficiary of the trust. Then when you went to the outer chamber, you became an official of the temple that put you in a position of trustee. And according to trust law, you could be a trustee and a beneficiary of a trust as long as you're not the sole trustee and sole beneficiary. So that was all set up as a trust. As a matter of fact, this whole creation, this whole simulation was set up as a trust. This is why in the Quran of Mecca, it said that Allah presented this trust to the angels, the mountains, and all of them shrunk from bearing it because they was afraid. This is this is this is a, a vast trust, a vast responsibility, and they said that they was afraid to accept it. And they said that man, we accepted this trust, that that burden, that responsibility, and that made us both trustee and beneficiary of this creation or simulation. All right. So now. So this is what was shown, and I was shown that it had to be unincorporated because what they've done in recent times is that first they created the uh, not-for-profit corporations set up for religious purposes, and then what they did was set up a series of laws to bring the old form of religious corporation under that, under those laws. And this is the game, and nobody protested it. Even right now, the Roman Catholic Church is on a not-for-profit, 501c3 which means they could be shut down. And when and I was shown that when the time comes and everything is being shut down, the only thing that the government won't be able to touch is an unincorporated divine body because it's not under the jurisdiction of the Secretary of State. You see what I'm saying? When you form a regular corporation, you file with the Secretary of State, all right, and then they, you know, give you permission or whatever to go ahead and uh, function. Whereas on the divine side, you can't go for the secretary to the secretary of state. You see what I'm saying? The, corpor- the articles of corporation on the divine side is divine revelation from the divine. Those are the articles of incorporation. So that's why in, in, for, for the founder of the divine trust, it was, it was necessary for me to go on a vision quest, just like the old seas and visionaries and prophets of old did who founded religions. It was important for me to go on a vision quest to receive the revelations that became the foundation of the divine trust. So that was the first vision quest. So just keep that in the back of your mind, the divine trust, because all these are different parts of this puzzle, and now it's all coming together. So that was shown to me at that time was the divine trust, and I had two witnesses the whole time I was on this vision quest. 
So it's not like I'm just making this thing up. I have actual witnesses. And once I, it, that vision crosses over, I actually activated the divine trust, and we held meetings. We have hundreds of hours of actual ecclesiastical divine government meetings where we pass resolutions, everything. As a matter of fact, um, Kamani received uh, some paperwork dealing with one of our resolutions way back, you know, way back at that time. You know, so he 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 was familiar with with it at that time himself, your brother Kamani. Um, um, anyway, so that was formed at that time, and we began having meetings and began working out in real time. You know, the workings of governing ourselves. The divine trust was broken up into twelve departments based on the twelve houses of the zodiac, because those twelve houses of the zodiac covers every sphere of human activity and endeavor. Therefore. If you dedicate a department or a ministry to each one of those um, houses, you cover everything. You leave no stone unturned, so to speak. So we had 12, and all of them was based on the Zodiac. So the first house was Aries, and that was naturally ruled by Mars. That was our Ministry of Defense. The second department was uh, ruled by Taurus, ruled by the planet Venus, and that dealt with Treasury and Finance and so on and so forth for each department. It had this astronomical, astrological basis, all right? and the self-government, which was based on G period, O period, D period, and God we trust, which originally was government, ordinance, department of justice, three branches of federal go- of the government. And so you have the legislative branch, which galvanizes the uh, desires of the people and what the people need. So the people say, you know, you know, we need um, schools or whatever the case may be, and so that's packaged up and that's presented to the executive branch to execute it to carry it out, to put that into motion, to establish the schools and so on and so forth that the people are clamoring for, all right? And all that's done under the gaze of the judiciary to make sure everything's in tune with the divine constitution, all right? And this is the way that these three branches are supposed to work, and this is what Ben Bay taught them, and this is why they prefer, that's why they put on the money and God we trust, all right? They were saying in this form of government that we taught them they trust. Is even more to that that I learned now from this vision quest. All right, so first vision quest, the divine trust was revealed, and something else happened to me. Another vision took place um, during that vision quest. The night that that thing happened with the comet, I was in um, Glenwood, Colorado, and all the county's vision revelation was taking place. I was right across the river for what was referred to as the Burning Bush Mountain. So you know how they talk about Moses receiving the Lord. So here I'm receiving these revelations, and right outside, right across from me was the Burning Bush Mountain. And the reason why they call it is because there was a fire on that side of the mountain, and those bushes still stayed there, so they call it Burning Bush Mountain. And the other thing that was revealed to me at that time, I had an experience where um, it was a weird, it was, it was like a dream, it was like a vision. And that night, and many of you probably experienced this, and it's sometimes referred to as, as sleep paralysis, and what happened was that I got that feeling that night, and I, I got that transcendent feeling, and I was hearing that whirring noise in my ear, like, like that whirring noise, sometimes a high pitch sound or whatever, but I knew something was going to happen that night. And then sure enough, that night, I had a vision where I was in a room, and I had a dog. At that time, I had brought my children. It was a pharaoh hound. The dog comes in and sits down, 
and I'm, 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 I wake up and I see the goat just sitting there, sitting there just like in those foul pictures with the pointy ears, like Anubis. And so I go back to sleep. I wake up and the dog Chichi, he's still there. She's still there. And I never forget Chichi because she had twelve toes. And so I go, I said, Chichi, what's wrong? What's the matter? I go up to her. And I bend down, and I put my hand out, my palms out, and she puts one hand into my palm, and then she puts both paws into my palm. So I got both her palms in my hand with her 12 toes, <laughs> you know, and my hand. And then all of a sudden I hear a voice coming through the dog. And it's not like the dog is talking, like the dog's lips is moving, anything like that. It's just like the, the voice is coming through the dog as if the dog was like a phone on speakerphone. And it's a woman. It sounds like a young woman's voice. And, like, she's observing me from above or something. She's telling me all about myself, about my life and everything. And then she goes, Hakeem, you have a lot of power, but you don't know how to use it yet. And I was like, huh? She said, you have a lot of power, but you don't know how to use it yet. And when she said that, I had a vision of Toph, the Hootie, the God of Wisdom of, of Ancient Commit. And so I said, teach me, teach me. I want to know. Teach me. I want to know. I'm so, that. Yeah. Was this Sophia? Yes, well, that's what I come to. Well, it was Sophia, who are you and where are you? And she said, and when I asked, who are you, she began singing her ancestry, just like those griots were singing your whole lineage. She started singing her ancestry, going through these different names of her ancestors, and then she got to my name. And when she got to my name, she just held that note, and I just felt it go right through my heart. And that's when I realized that, She's one of my descendants coming back in time to tell me and prepare me to do certain things. Otherwise, she wouldn't exist. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But she was she was the personification of Sophia coming back in oh. time. But she was actually one of my descendants. That's that interstellar, man. What's that's that? that interstellar. That's the that's that yes. interstellar. That's oh, what they went more? to. They went into that in the movie. Yes. And you know all these movies, more. I'm, I'm, one day I'm gonna make a list of all the movies, and I'm gonna show you how it's so deep. Because every time I'm going through a movie, always comes out that deals with it. So when I'm gonna study out the source code. A movie comes out called Source Code. <laughs> you know, here I'm talking about Pump, yes. the Exodus, and they got a movie coming out now called Moses or Exodus, right? Yes. Well, all right, we're gonna get into all this stuff. Is no such thing as coincidence. Divine love, divine law governs all events. So anyway, she, she she held that note. So then I said to her, where are you? And she says to me, she says, oh, don't worry. When you get here, I'll take you down a block, and we can get on the Ferris wheel and the merry-go-round. And I was like, huh? She was talking very cryptic, but I, I, when I thought about when I woke up, I thought about I said, I said, a merry-go-round turns 360 degrees horizontally. A Ferris wheel turns 360 degrees as well vertically. And so the vision I had got in my mind while she was that she was on a, a man-made planet, a planet that we actually built. And it was shaped like a gyroscope. You know those old gyroscopes with, with, that it has the thing spinning around the equator and, and it Indeed. stand up yeah. by itself? It was like that. All right? And so I said, all right, wow. You know, this is deep. She's revealing two vortex motions at a 90-degree angle from each other. It's, that's a science, and I believe it's also dealing with free energy, but we'll get more into that aspect later. So don't, so when she said to me, you have power, but you don't know how to use it yet, 
I asked and I begged her to teach me. That's what led to the later revelation of Akalia. That was actually revealing or showing me or teaching me how to actually use that power. All right, so the first wisdom quest was the divine trust, was the revelation of Akalia. Out of the four vision quests, the one for Akalia, I didn't move at all. I didn't travel. I, didn't, I wasn't on the road, none of that. I was told to station myself and become and become the moveless mover, was referred to as the moveless mover. And so I stayed put, and she revealed to me the whole Akalia at that time. For those who don't know, Akalia is a programming language. It's also a way to tap into your God powers that's dormant, that's in you, but that's disabled. So it's like a phone that you have that has certain capabilities in it disabled, and you go on the internet and look up at how to hack it and enable those capabilities. That's what Akalia is. Akalia is almost like a hack in a sense, to literally hack yourself. And it's also a programming language, all right? And all that's, you know, taught on secret secrets, what's that all about, and how that works is all based on eight bits or eight characters which come together and form sigils, so on and so forth. And it's a whole science um, dealing with Akalia. As a matter of fact, the word, the name Akalia is derived from the eight bits. The first thing, Sophia, which is wisdom, you know, Sophia, and when I say Sophia, sometimes people mix it up and think I'm speaking about Sophia Stewart. No, I'm talking about Sophia, wisdom, divine wisdom. That's what I'm speaking about. And that's the one who revealed to me. That's the one who spoke to me in the first mission quest and who ultimately revealed to me Akalia. And she started off with eight bits, bits. And as we know in computer science, eight bits form a bite. So I always joke around and say, Sophia started me off and she gave me a bite to eat, B-Y-T-E, bite, eight bits. And everything evolved in Akalia from just those eight bits. As a matter of fact, the name Akalia is, is those eight bits arranged a certain way because when I looked at those eight bits, each bit is or character is a geometrical shape, circle, square, 90-degree angle, 90-degree triangle or right triangle, all of which could be formed by the human hands each bit could be formed by the human hands. And when I rearranged those bits, they spelled out the word Akalia. So hmm. the system, in a sense, named itself. Or it has this, it's like a fractal. It has this name embedded within itself. And so when we form the sigils, being that they're all conducive and can be formed by the hand, that lends itself to hand sigiling. But we're able to do uh, sigiling with our hand. Now, all this is going to come to make more sense as you learn more about it. So anyway, so the second second one was revealed to me was that, and always there's some event that takes place. Like when it, right at the time when cause I wrote, I rewrote the book Secret of Secrets like three times because every time I thought I was finished, Sophia revealed more. I said, oh man, I gotta get this in the book. And I write the book again, and this year it feels more. And I just kept, finally, when that earthquake took place on August 28th, August 27th or 28th. 2011, that was a sign to me to stop and release the information now. And that's when I came on your show that September 2011, and I launched The Secret of Secrets and revealed all that stuff dealing with Akalia. So now, right. so then the, that was the second vision quest. So now, the first vision quest, I got how sovereign gods, the system, the socioeconomic system that sovereign gods supposed to implement amongst themselves, 
all right? And then the second part, she gives me how do we become sovereign gods. Using Akalia, the program, and change reality as well as change ourselves. And so that was a second component that was given to me. The third vision quest I went on, I'm back on the road again, and I traveled all the way from New York all the way to Minnesota at at the tail end of the winter. So I mean, I was Huh? You said Minnesota? Minnesota, Lake Superior. Wow. Crown. I was up there at Lake Superior at the Crown. And at that time, I actually taught the second Akalia course, the first Akalia course I did that, that October, November, after your show in 2011. The second Akalia course I actually taught while on the Vision Quest. It was crazy. She was, she was, she was, she was, Sophia would actually reveal to me some the day of the class, earlier that day, that I would be teaching later on that night. It was crazy. I mean, stuff, the stuff that she was revealing to me in that second course, it's like I was almost in the third person sitting back looking out. I was like, wow. I was shocked at some of the things she was revealing. In the second course, we got into all kinds of stuff. I got into um, a fourth-dimensional body, how to measure yourself in four dimensions. We were taught how to measure ourselves in three dimensions, left, width, and height. Taught how to measure ourselves in four dimensions. That involves time. All right? And so this is where they, they get into ancestral words. So when you measure yourself in four dimensions, you measure yourself in time. So that means all your descendants are in front of you, and all your ancestors are in back of you going back. So really, there's just really just one you. We are fooled by the different incarnations, but that, that's just one you from the beginning, just passing through different different incarnations. You see what I'm saying? And so, I, for instance, like, and measure yourself in four dimensions, you look different. If I if I show you a picture of a moth, you're looking at that moth. It's a two-dimensional representation of a three-dimensional moth, right? But now, mm-hmm. if I film if I film that moth using time-lapse photography. The morph forms a pattern, like a design. That design is the morph in four dimensions with the element of time. And so I taught about how to measure yourself in time. Another class in, in, in the second course, I taught about how you could pick and choose the timeline that you are on using divination. It's like that movie The Butterfly Effect, but in, but in Akalia, see, in the movie Butterfly Effect, he was going back in time, trying to change little things here and there back in time, hoping that right. he'd come back to where he was at now, it would, it would reduce the results that he wanted, but it kept reducing, reducing results that he didn't want. You know, he'll come back, and this this time now, his best friend is dead or something, something crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, believe we don't do that. We don't operate like that. We pick and choose. It's not no willy-nilly, like we don't know what's going to happen. We specifically pick and choose the timeline that we want to be on. There's infinite timelines for you to be on. There's one timeline where you might wake up tomorrow, walk out the house, get hit by a brick, and, and, and die that day. Timeline, you might live past 100 years old. What determines what timeline you are on? Well, for those who are unconscious, who don't practice Akalia, you fall on whatever timeline you fall on. <laughs> You're not even constantly involved with it. And Akalia, we specifically pick and choose the timeline we are on using divination. Divination is reading from the divine record or the divine registry. 
all right, you would type them, and that's a read. In computer, you have what they call read-write, just like a, just in terms of memory, just like in terms of like a CD-ROM. You have CD-RW. That means that that CD to be read and written to. You could burn stuff onto it. And it's the same way the divine registry is read-write. You could read and you could write to it. There's another component of Akali that deals with writing to the divine record. And Akali, there's eight components. It's what they call in ancient Egypt or ancient commit or Akdod, consisting of eight gods and goddesses, four gods and four goddesses, four feminine and four masculine. And that's the way Akaliya's system is set up. There's eight components to Akaliya, divination, sigilization, Kahootic writing. Kahootic writing is where you write your own destiny. You're not reading. Divination is reading it. Kahootic writing is writing it. All right? Then you got So there's eight components all together. Four of the components are read-write components. And for the components, is input-output. If you look at your computer, that's the whole basis of your computer. You got read-write, read-to-memory, write-to-memory, and you got input, audio-in, video-in, and audio-out, video-out. And that's the whole basis of Akalia. All right? So that's what was shown in the second vision quest. The third vision quest, I got into all the deep, profound stuff. And, it's, and, the, and also in that second course, taught during that vision quest, I, I taught about how I taught about what's called the task manager or program manager. It's like if you on you if you on the um Windows computer you hold down Control or Delete, that box pops up it's called task manager, program manager. That shows you all the programs you run on your computer, even the programs that's running in the background that most people are not aware of. And that's the same way you in, in Akalia task manager, we apply that science to self. And this is how we discover all the programs we are running, the good and the bad and the ugly. And then we and then we go through each program and we decide whether we want to stop that program, uninstall that program, or just modify that program. Because you don't always want to just uninstall every program, even though it may have bad aspects, you might just want to reconfigure or modify that program. As, like I always give the example in terms of, uh, lupus disease, which is an autoimmune disease. In that case, you don't want to disable or uninstall your whole immune system. You just want to re-educate your immune system to let it know that this is this is our body. Don't attack this. This is not the enemy. All right? So it's just a matter of re-educating, reprogramming that program, because all the programs, right. the heartbeat, beat space on the program, that's a program that you don't even, don't even think about. That's a program running in the background. You're not saying that self-consciously heartbeat, beat, beat, beat. That's an automated program that just runs on its own. Yes, it's an automated program. Breathing, same thing. Body temperature regulation, same thing. Maintaining the balance between homeostasis, alkalinity, and acidity. All of, you have so many sub-programs that's being run and managed by Sophia subconsciously. She, Sophia is the remember Sophia is a quantum computer, so she's a, a master at multitasking, running all these systems of your body, just for you to walk down the street. You, you know how many calculations of physics and all that stuff got to go on just for you to walk down the street? And you ain't even aware of it. This is the quantum computer at work. And this is what I tap into, which I refer to as Sophia, during these vision quests. So I saw how 
you could actually do the task manager, discover all these programs and manage all these programs that you run, these mental programs that you run, and bodily programs. Well, task manager is really mental programs, and you can manage all of it, and I show how to do it with just pen and paper. Uh, like you can see the full course outline if you go to secretsofsecrets.info, secretofsecrets.info, and you go to the part that says Akalia Courses, you'll see the course outlines for course one and course two, each one of them with nine-week, nine-class courses, video cl- uh, uh, classes. And then this, the other cl- class I taught was called Control Panel. Just like in your computer, you have a control panel that manages all of the hardware and software of your computer. And so that's where you begin to mod- manage the different bodily systems, reproductive system, circulatory system. Each one of these systems are made up of different programs, and each one of those right. programs could be managed on a micro level. You could manage each one of those programs, and you could reconfigure your whole body. We were taught like the DNA, that that's just that DNA code, like it's just static. Whatever you're born with, that's it. We, don't, we wasn't taught that. You are, you are reprogramming your DNA code every day in real time. You're reprogramming it, all right? So you could literally reconfigure your whole body. And Akalia, there's no limit to what you can cannot can do. The only thing that limits you is you and your disbelief and doubt programs. The same way like when those disciples walked across the water, the minute they doubted, they went right through the water. Because this universe wants to conform to what you it should be. If you believe that you can do this, that you can work cross water, universe say, all right, I'll support you with that because you really, truly believe it. The minute you doubt, you're going right through the water. That's how it works. This universe wants to hear and obey. It's like a genie. It just wants to hear and obey. Your wish right. is this command. But we're not taught that. So we don't operate based on that. All right? So... That's actually, and then the last class I taught in that second course was how to create your paradise, your heaven, while you're on earth right now. You have the ability to literally your heaven. It's as simple like, as, as like creating two folders on your desktop, one folder called heaven and one folder called hell. And it's like all the best things you experience in this life, you put into that folder called heaven. All the bad things, negative things that you don't want, you put in that folder called hell because that folder is going to be uh, destroyed eternally, all right? And you pick and choose which folder you're going to experience based on your belief system. If you was taught all your life that, you know, if you, you came from some religion that they told you if you eat a donut, you're going to go to hell, and you believe that, and you went and you was eating donuts, then guess what? When that time comes for judgment, for you to judge yourself, you're going to judge yourself worthy of hell and put yourself in hell because of your beliefs. And that's why you got to be careful what you believe because you're going to judge yourself according to that. All right? So I showed how you can um, create and even experience your heaven, your paradise, and you can construct it right here while you're on earth so that when you give up the flesh, you're going to continue on with that same thought, with that same uh, well, paradise that you created for yourself upon graduation. See, this, this simulation is a, is a learning simulation. Just like you have, you go to flight school to learn how to fire a plane, but you do a flight simulator to simulate flight, 
Well, that's what we're living in right now is assimilation. It's a learning assimilation. The purpose of this learning assimilation is not to teach you how to fly a plane. The purpose of this learning assimilation that we are in right now is to teach you the knowledge of good and evil. That's why I said in the Bible that we have the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that brought about the fall of man to a lower plane. Really, what that's saying to you is that when we were on a plane of soul and we created the assimilation, right, the eating of the apple represents the matriculation or or the, or the registration for that course. And then it said, get ye down. Follow me and say, get ye down on earth, on the physical plane, in the simulation, so be your habitation for a time until you learn your lessons. Once you learn your lessons, then you will transmute this flesh to flesh divine and return back to the plane of soul with your lessons well learned. Prophet Noble Dwali laid out that whole pattern in the first chapter of the more science, the Holy Quran, the more science temple of America. And in it, he said, he showed, and in it, who, if you look at that first chapter right now, always ask who's speaking in that first chapter? Wisdom. Sophia, in the first chapter, it says, hear ye protoplast, all the stuff. And it says, wisdom speaks. So right there, it's telling you that's Sophia right there. In the Holy Quran, the most like pattern saying that you fell from spirit man or, or fell to a lower vibration known as the plane of soul. And then from the plane of soul, when it took on a denser form, it brought us down to the plane of things made manifest, the physical plane, which is temporary, where we had to learn certain lessons and overcome certain foes. Once we did that, we would graduate back to the plane of soul, finish overcoming the last things we had to overcome, which is really vestiges from the physical plane, and then we would turn back to our full God-like being. And that was the whole purpose of this whole simulation that we had to go through this universal zigzag-zig. You see what I'm saying? To be turned back from where we started from, but for the first time we understand where we at. All right? That's what that's about. So all that was the, the third vision quest that led to the second course. And now this fourth vision quest that I'm on right now, which began July 5th. I've been on this vision quest for four months. I've been on the road with the divine. I haven't slept on a, on a bed in a house since July 5th, listen to me. Let me tell you all, the vision quest is not no cute thing. It's a beautiful thing, but believe me, you're going to go through some trials. Matter of fact, every vision quest I've been on, I passed with a near-death experience. You're going to greet death face-to-face. You're going to be tried. It's like, it's, like, it's like the making of a sword in intense heat. And you see how they take that steel and they fold it over? Bang it, bang it, bang it down. Then they fold it over again. That's tempering that sword, making it, yes. making that steel strong. That's what happens with the vision. Now, you want to be tried. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, oftentimes when we hear about nature, when we hear about, you know, bringing ourselves back into balance with, you know, what we would call the elements then that's exactly what you're coming into contact with, the elements. Can you speak about the elements being such a transformative force? You know, what was your experience with the elements? How do the elements transform you? You know, and you personally, you know, what inner mechanisms do you use 
to induce an amount of heat where you're able to uh, survive in, in, in colder climate cold, and elements fall. Cold. Man, last night it was 26 degrees. All I got is my vehicle. That's my that's my tent. That's I'm like a gypsy. I'm, I'm like a gypsy more. When I go on these vision quests, I'm like a gypsy more. But it, when I do that, I hit something primal. I, 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 I kill all that noise around me, and I'm just dealing with self. This way, when certain things go wrong, when, when certain things pop up, you know it ain't this person. There's nobody to blame. It's just you and the divine. And in terms of the elements, I dealt from, when I went on July 5th, I dealt from intense heat, you know, to right now to freezing cold. Days when you wet, days. See, when you go through a vision quest and you go through these trials, what it does is it causes you to dig down deep to a place where the average person working a nine-to-five, where they got a guaranteed check or where they got this or that, they, 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 don't, they don't call on that. When you just work at a regular mm-hmm. nine-to-five, doing a regular routine and so on and so forth, you don't, you, you don't even reach nowhere near that, that spot, that place. When it's just you and the divine, and you don't know, when you broken down, this, this vision quest, I was broken down. I mean, bro, it broke me down to the primal zone. That's what I'm about to get. That's what I'm about to get into right now. Let, matter of fact, let me use this to segue into this, because the vision quest is no joke. Don't undertake yes, it. Yes, let's get into it. Foolhardily, because you will die. It's, it is no joke. I've been, I, 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 I've been brought face to face with death many times, staring death, staring death eyes, and didn't blink and didn't flinch. But I didn't care. It didn't make a difference to me. I'm gonna do what I gotta do regardless to whether I got a physical or a guitar or not. So I just looked at death. I'm like, death is an old friend of mine. As a matter of fact, when my first child was born, that night my wife had a dream. And a person came up to her, and she, she, at first it looked like me, but she wasn't sure. And the person was all black, dressed in all black, and had a black face, and said, said, and said he was looking for me. He was looking for Hakeem. He was looking for me. And she was like, who are you? What? He, and she, she said, I don't know where he's at. He said, well, just tell him a good friend of his was looking for him. <laughs> that was death. Death, death. death has literally became a good friend of mine. We cool. I have no fear. <laughs> we build. <laughs> right. We build. I mean, it's to, it's to that point. It's real. But see, you got to go through that. Sophia, Sophia is ISIS. And they say ISIS has a veil that no man has lifted. And yeah, let's call her all that. Veil. What do you say, Anacalypsis? It's an attempt to tear aside the, the veil of ISIS. You can't tear her veil off. That's synonymous to rape. What you got to do is perform certain things that she asks you to do, and she will remove her veil for you. And right. that's what Sophia has done. Sophia said, Hakeem, I want you to go on a visit. I want you to do X, Y, Z. She gave me my, my marching instructions. And she know me. I, I, once I hear, I hear, and I obey. I carried out wholeheartedly. When I was a soldier, I was in the nation of Islam. I was one of the type of soldiers. See, eventually I became, I got, I was in the leadership commandership position, but to be a good, good commander, you got to first be a good soldier. When the captain and lieutenant they told me to do this, I, I wasn't like, oh, yes, sir. I'm not, like, I didn't, I was like, yes, sir. I was a soldier. Mm-hmm. That's why when Khalid Oil and Fishers came in, 
I was in charge for bringing Carlos and so and bringing Carlos and his family around the city. They trusted me with that test. When any of those officials came, they said, "Get Brother Hakeem," because I was a soldier, and that's the same way I'm with Sophia. Sophia, no, I'm a soldier. Sophia, no, they ain't nothing. She can't tell me that I'm a flinch and say I don't want to do it. What? I'm gonna shut my mouth, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna carry it out. So anyway, getting to this vision right. quest here, this, this one right here. The, the vision quest is proceeding on. I don't, you know, I'm I'm just waiting for the divine revelation to come. You know, I'm going through my different little trials and stuff like that, but I'm I'm overcoming them happily because I know what awaits me. So it was a Friday night, and I was like, man. You know, nothing major, major revelation happened yet. You know what I'm saying? Man, why did I say that that night? <laughs> that night, I had a dream slash vision. And in that dream slash vision, it, all I remember in the beginning was I was coming up from someplace. The only thing I could think of is like something underground, someplace underground. The moment I came through this por- this porthole, portal above ground, it's, it's, as, it's as if I had, it was I was supposed to come up at that moment because literally at that moment I came up, it's like somebody just flipped the switch and everybody's body, everybody's avatar, physical body just shut down. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. at, the, at the moment I came up, it's like somebody flipped the switch, people just dropped right there on the spot. I was looking at right in this lady's face who was driving a car, and she just flopped out her head on the steering wheel and just cracked. And actually, she just crashed. And cars was crashing left and right. Planes were falling out the sky because people it just literally just shut down like boom. Yet there was a few people that were still alive. And so I began rounding them up. And what I said to them is what is the title of tonight's thing. What I said to them is you have just witnessed the end of the world. I said, follow me because I have to bring you underground because on the surface of the earth is going to be chaos for a period of time. I said, come with me underground. I got to bring you all underground. I said, and when I get you down there, you're going to be first briefed as to what just happened, what just took place. Then you have to be orientated and then reeducated because you are going to be the founders of a new world. This is exactly what I told them. To bring them through the same portal that I came out of, I proceeded to bring them there. Now, and then I woke up. And I wrote this dream down that morning. I wrote down it word for word. But I didn't fully understand what it showed me because it was weird. It was like when I came, at that moment I came up, it's as if that was the day that that's like a, a switch was flipped and people's right. avatars just shut down. And it was almost as if like they, they was on one frequency and the ones who survived was on some type of different, it was something different about them, and that was the reason why when that switch was flipped, it didn't affect them, those ones that was alive. But I didn't know what it was at the time, all right? So vision, right? And I, it would just trouble me that whole day I kept thinking about it. Now, the other part of this vision quest was this. The reason for going this vision quest was this, is that there was something wrong there was some type of glitch in the matrix. Even though we was practicing Akalia and programming, I've been programming, and a lot of, most of the times, you know, those programs came and they manifested, but there was often times where there was 
unex, quote unquote unexpected results. And I, I want I, I had to get to the root. I'm like, it was almost like there was something blocking something. There was something something wasn't right, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And that was part of my reason for going on this vision quest because I had to figure out what it was. It was something that just wasn't right. Our powers should have been been manifesting to a higher degree than it has been up to this time. And I wasn't satisfied. It was something that just wasn't right. It was like when I was little, when I was five year old, five years old, and I was trying to move something with my mind, and it wouldn't move. I knew something was wrong because I knew I should be able to do that. I said, something's mm-hmm. wrong. But I couldn't put my finger on it. And I kept saying, something is wrong. How come, even amongst the conscious community, how come we can't come together? How come I said, how come so many brothers in the conscious community is going through so many problems, especially on the financial level? How come even how come we can't come together and do anything before disputes, this, that, breaks out, da, da, da? I said, there's something wrong. There's some type of monkey wrench in this machinery, and i got to figure out what it was. And I told Sophia, Sophia told me, this is this is your graduation vision quest, Morpheus. You're going to go through some crazy trials. Are you willing to go through it? I said, yes, because I want to, I want to get to the root of this thing. Do you know Sophia broke me down? And I mean, broke me down to the, it was, it was something primal. Because what happened was that in this vision quest, I got rid of and underscored most of the negative programs that I had in me. But there were still some final programs that I had to get to, but those programs were so primal. They were tied to such primal needs of the human being that, that it couldn't just be done haphazardly. I had to get to the root core of it. And so what happened to me was like, you see how the human brain has that brain stem and reptilian brain, these layers and layers built on top of it, the neocortex yeah. and more later, uh, more evolved structures. She had me, because of the experiences I went through, I began peeling those layers back, back, mm. back, back, getting all the way down to the primal brain stem with the reptilian brain. I tore, I, I broke myself down to that point, and guess what I found? And and this, and I thought the vision course was over. I had I had accomplished a certain thing, and I thought at the beginning of October, of October after three months, the vision course was over. Boy, was I was I was in for a surprise. Because mind you, the whole time on the vision quest, I'm dealing with my vehicle. That's my house. That's my home. That's everything. I thought to myself, I said, man, what will happen if this thing broke down? <laughs> you know what I'm Is that the standard vision quest? Or, you know, what will happen? I mean, if it broke, it was a major thing dealing with the engine. some major thing. At the same time, Sophia broke me down. I lost all my funds. Well, now, what happened was that the, the, the vehicle... My vehicle broke down, major breakdown. I wasn't sure what it was, but it was something dealing with the engine, but I didn't know what it was at that time. So I just barely managed to pull off the highway and pull over there into a parking lot. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do now? It's starting to get cold. The car don't work, so I don't have no heat. Is this vision quest over? I I told Sophia, I said, you know what? I'm going to stick it out because I love what's being revealed, and I want more. I'm going to stick it out. And so I did a reading. This, this is why divination is so important. I did a reading, and the child card that came up was a child card called Temperance. And when I read that, 
that's when I was shown about, you know, tempering still and how temperance means to maintain a balanced position. In other words, because your car is broke down, don't let that throw you out of shape. You see what I'm saying? Take it in stride. Try to understand why it's happening because everything that hap- happens to me happens for a reason and be patient. The key thing was patience. And so basically what Sophia told me is that, Hakeem, I'm the reason why your car broke down. And what I'm going to do, all your funds, so you can't get it fixed. In other words, I got you here for a reason. The best for you thing for you to do is just be patient and try and find out what that reason is. So I said, right, maybe I might be patient for a week or so. Do you know I ended up staying in that same position right there with the car broke for one month? If somebody would come out with a benefit, I wouldn't believe. But do you know during that month, do you know what was revealed to me? What happened was this. I, I, I would have never known. This is why in the business class, you've got to go through certain experiences. It's alchemy because these experiences right. are going to change. It's going to transform you. And so I'm stuck here. And so I, I, I could adapt to any situation. So I was stuck there. Do you know I adapted to that situation and established a daily routine there where I was stuck at? Sleeping in the vehicle with no heat, I established a, a balance, and then let the and then when I took my mind off the problem, I just let the revelations flow, and that's when she broke them. And when I was broke down to nothing, where I had I had no money, I had zero, not even a penny in my pocket, nothing in my accounts, nothing, no orders were coming through, nothing. I said, this got to be happening for a reason. I was broken down to zero, and at the point where my balance with the amount of money I possessed was zero, that's mm-hmm. when she revealed it to me. And what she revealed to me was this more. It blew my mind. She, what was revealed to me was that there's a virus in us. There's a virus that has been placed that's in us. Every single, I don't care how conscious, there's not one person in the whole conscious community that's not affected by this parasite, that's not affected by this virus. As a matter of fact, it's a virus, it's a parasite, it's a monkey wrench, and it's a lever. It's a lever placed in the deepest part of your brain through which certain powers are able to control you. As a matter of fact, it's connected to that switch that was flipped in that dream. And what this virus is, what this whole thing is, what is the reason that that we can't activate our God powers, that we can't come together, that Akalia, even if you probably is virus, that parasite is called money. Money. <laughs> that is the prop. That is the whole, that's the reason why we can't. It didn't, it didn't hit me. until I had no money that I was able to see it because as long as I had it in my possession, it blinded me to it. In other words, when you study parasites, you'll find that parasites, they have the ability to camouflage themselves, to hide themselves, to transform themselves, to actually take control of yourself. What I found out was money, and check out what I found out about money. I have something I want to play for you. I want you to listen to because what I found out was that Bank issued money, fiat currency issued money. That is their level in your brain. And then I said to myself, I said, wait a minute. 
I said, is there one person, is there anybody on the earth who is living right now without money? I I, I, I see the video where they show the so-called Bushmen of South Africa, and they was making bees and jewelry to sell it to tourists in order to get money to get fiat. Here's the so-called most primitive people on earth, and they are here trying to get fiat. Everybody's talking about money, money. I gotta get this money. I gotta get this. I gotta get some money. I said, wait, I, I had to step back and say, look at this thing. But I couldn't, I couldn't do it until I had none of it on me. I had none of it in my possession. Then I, it was, it's, it's literally like, it's like an impurity. And until I purified myself of that impurity, couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And, and what I found out was this: there's a there's a doctor named Brian Brian Knudsen of Stanford University, and I came across this video, and I'm just gonna like play it because you gotta hear what it said. What it, what 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 they found out was this: deep deep down, and the way they control us is through the reptilian brain. Deep deep within your within the reptilian brain of our, of us. It's, a, it's, it's two spots called the nucleus accumbens. And there's a nucleus accumbens spot for the right brain and left brain. This is where, this deals with the pleasure center, or what they call the pleasure center, dealing with pleasure. Right. When, when you eat good food, you have sex, you know, or, or that, that's the part of the brain that's stimulated. But guess what? That part's also stimulated by money. Just by yes, the word yes. money, the scientists, what they found out was this. They, they, want, they want to do different experimentations dealing with that part of the brain, stimulating it. But all the things they would use, food, this, that, even sex, it produced different results because different people had slightly different reactions to that thing. But the one thing that had the same result across right. the board? In unison. Money. Yes. Money. I heard polite, I heard polite talk about this before. Man, and not only that, mm-hmm. but but the money, the, the reason why they said, the reason why the scientists said they, they who were studying this, said that they loved using money, because not only did they produce the same effect across the board, but you could take it and you could give it away. You could you could, you mo- share you could it, modulate right. it, right? That's what they call monetary policy, putting money into circulation. And take it out. And then just look, look at the word. Look at the word. It's called currency. Currency deals with current, deals with, deals with energy and the movement of energy. And so what, and this goes back to ancient times. What happened in ancient times and what was done was that our powers, our God powers was transferred from us called money. So instead of, and by relying on that material thing that they put our power into, it forfeited or disabled our internal power because we transferred mm-hmm. it over into this thing called money. So in other words, right. in the past, if we had the power to, to make food, we wanted food, and we had the power to materialize it with our mind, when that power was taken from us and put into money, instead of materializing it with our mind, we're trying to get this money to get the food that we had the power to materialize before. So First was the transference of your your human labor, yes, your transference energy. Of stuff. Yes, right into this thing called money. Money, money is an external factor and it has no power outside of what you give to it. So we are, right. in essence, 
throwing away and giving away our power. How can you chase something that doesn't move? It's yeah, currency, it's but you are the true current. You are the money. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's just a transference, you know. Transference of our power into the unit called money, and then the movement of that money, like circulation of blood, they call it, they put the money into circulation. That's currency. Currency is the movement of energy, all right? And it's tied in with the part of the human brain that deals with emotion, emotion, energy and motion, even the currency. I used to wonder why, um, this Jew one time told me why they line their money up. Because I always see, like, just Jews, like, line their money up, you know, with the, with the, with the head facing all one way, the back facing the same way, everything all lined up. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's a currency, it's a cable. If you take the, you see those two seals, those two circles, if you fold them over on top of each other and extend it, that's a cable, that's a wire. Currency. So, so what they do when they this when you when you take the money and you fold it like that, when whenever you send energy through a wire, it produces what at a ninety degree angle, magnetism. As a matter of fact, that's how you make a what they call electric magnet. You take a nail, you wrap the nail around with wire. And then you send current through it, that whole nail and wire becomes a magnet. So that's what mm. happens when you fold the currency up like that in your pocket, it becomes a magnet drawing more currency to it. Now, right. here's the here's the problem though. The problem is this is that that lever, it's a, it's literally a lever. The scientists when they were studying it, and now they have now actually come out with um this thing, what do they call it? Um uh, brain marketing or something dealing with marketing dealing with this is that it's a lever and through monetary policy the, the ability to give and take it away, put it inject in circulation and do a blow from circulation and in terms of yourself in, in order for it, their ability to control how much money you make, when you receive it, they, it even got to the point where not only did they notice that the money that money had an effect on everybody. When 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 you was told when you was given money and when they did experiments, when they gave a person money, or even if they just mentioned that they're going to give them money, a psychological change took place in their whole brain where they had energy, enthusiasm, they had optimism, they was positive, they was looking forward to things. When money was taken away from a person or even just told that they was going to have money taken away from them, they became negative, pessimistic, they didn't want to do anything, they just, you know, they just let themselves go, all these things. So which means that they have a lever. Part is this, being that they place this lever in the most primal reptilian part of the brain, yes. it has the ability to override your rational thinking. So I'll give you an mm-hmm. example. You, you know, you put your hand on fire, and immediately you withdraw it. There's no time. You're not going to sit down and have philosophical. When you put your hand on that fire, you're not going to take the time and have philosophical discussion or or, or, or thing or whatever about what's going on. You're going to remove your hand before you even start thinking. Immediately. And so, right. right. By having control, by placing this lever, it's in, if, you, if you own money, if you own a dollar, if you touch a dollar, if you come in contact with a dollar, if you owe, if you have a dollar in your bank account, if you own any type of fiat currency, bank issue currency, that lever is firmly inserted inside your brain. 
and they can control you. This is why when we come together, we try and do things. The minute they manipulate that level, all kinds of things break out, even amongst those who rationally know better when it comes to money. And we know it. We, we, we even have said, we say money's the root of all evil. You know, everything's cool. It's money gets involved. We know it, but we, but we, don't, we don't act on it. So in other words, so when I was shown that, and I was shown how it's a level in the deepest part, it's a monkey wrench. As long as you got that in you, you will never be your God self. As long as you deal with bank issue currency, bank issue currency, you will never reach your full God powers because you have a you have a, a virus in you. You have a parasite in you. You have a monkey wrench in you that will thwart your every attempt. And so if you look at all of our leaders, if you look at all of our organizations, they all dealt with money. And that's that's the reason why they, you don't see them now. That's the reason why everything we try to do fell apart because the whole time they knew this this science is just coming out now. But they knew this science from ancient times. The scientists are just coming out with it now, finding out that money is a level connected to the deepest primal part of your brain. And they could show, And this is the part where I said you could be made a zombie because because that part is, t- is tied with the primal part of your brain, dealing with your primal body functions, your heartbeat, um, your, your, your breathing, your mm-hmm. desire for food, is tied in with all that. They have to match the switch. That was the switch that was flipped in that dream. That's what made blew my That was the switch. They got, a, they got a level hooked right into every single one of our brains right now. And if they flip that switch, they can shut your avatar down. They could shut it down. Mm. Why do you think all those movies about the zombies come out? And then the zombies, the, 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 in other words, remember now, you have the brainstem, the reptilian brain, and then you have the cortex and all these other layers above it. That lever cuts out all that up, above stuff, and now you're just dealing with the primal stuff. So that's why look at the zombies, and they just, they have no personality, nothing. They just got this urge to move, eat, you know, the basic primal things, their heart, I mean, you know, and this is why they always say in the zombie, they say you got to shoot them in the head because that's where the locust, I mean, excuse me, that's where the nucleus accumbens is at. So the only way a person who's made into a zombie, I mean, that's a person who is totally controlled by the reptilian brain and they're just alive. They have no purpose, they have no purpose or whatever. They're just, they're just functioning based on that reptilian brain. And that's the animal part of man. That's the lower part because that's the only part of your brain that's inside of a pig. Is inside of a bat. It's inside of a rat. That's the most ancient part of the brain. That's the part that controls us through our lower self, our animal self, our carnal self. They have this lever inserted right there through which they can control you. And through that lever, they could, they could override all the You could read all the stuff in the books you want or whatever. When they work that lever, all that stuff is getting overridden. So now the only solution is what? So this is the problem. And the problem that was shown to me was that when that time comes, see, people talk about the currency is going to collapse, the dollar is going to collapse. If that dollar was collapsed now, all your avatars are collapsed right along with it. As a matter of fact, that might be their last-ditch effort. That when wait, they wait. See, well, for me, can you repeat what you just said? You said if the dollar collapsed now, what? If the current, if, if you hear you know, I talk about the currency is going to collapse, the dollar's going to collapse. 
But being that that dollar is inserted, that dollar is inserted inside all of our primal brains, is inserted in there. When that collapses, they're gonna flip that switch and shut down all of that, and that's when you get this whole zombie apocalypse. Those ones, those those ones whose bodies don't shut down, they're just gonna be walking around here like no purpose but to feed, and that's it. And so it's going to be a question. And that's what I seen that dream. Yeah. My job was to round up those ones who was alive, who survived, was the ones who would manage to totally free themselves and purify themselves of money. And so that's yes, why right. the divine inspired me. I plan to be one of the first yes. ones. And so, so the answer is this. Let me give you a solution. The solution is this. The beautiful thing is that there's a solution. The solution is this. Virtual world and virtual currency is no coincidence. See, the the Bitcoin currency, they don't control that. They don't have no the, their monetary policy. Nonetheless, to control that, which means virtual currency is still currency, but it's currency that you and I control peer to peer. They don't have no level. They have no control over it. As a matter of fact. <laughs> The Bank of England. The Bank of England. Why do you think there's been all these bank of suicides and stuff going on? Because one, the people are waking up now to the so-called banksters. Just the fact that even is a term called banksters is alert to them that the people will wake up to exactly what it is. See, this banking class, they work their way through all the civilizations of the world. They overthrew kings left and right. The one kings that they they didn't overthrow. They got power over them. When you take history, there's a book called The Babylonian Woe. I'm going to be putting this out. And in this book, it talks about how this secret power wove its way through all the civilization, even ancient commit. And ancient commit managed to rise up and throw them out, and they managed to get their way right back in. But they couldn't really, the, the tradition the, the traditions of ancient commit was so strong and powerful that they never really was fully able to overcome it, and that's when they turned themselves to the Europeans, who was like a new people with no real set traditions. They said, let's work our experiment with them. That's what happened. That's the reason why they came world power. All the changes of civilization in ancient times, when you read all the history books, they don't talk about money. But that was the control, that was the secret control of power of all the civilizations, even the change of hands. If they, if they step, step to a king in the kingdom, on the, in the shade of the temple, and carry on their business. And what they did is that they see this this they, these were international traders. So they had mines, they had stuff set up in other cities all over the place. Some cities they got thrown out of, some places they, they got big in. And what they would do is first they would form an alliance and allegiance with the king and the priesthood. And they began loaning people money. Yes. And that was the beginning. Because right there they began to inject currency into the into the into circulation of that kingdom that wasn't there before, and then being that they was able to control that, here you go, monetary policy, able to put it in circulation and draw it out, and they got to the point where they had kings in their pocket, and if a king acted up and say, "I'm gonna throw you out," they this is what they this is what they dealt with. These these so-called international bankers in history buying and purchasing the best weapons. Being that they were in all these different city states all throughout the world, they, they, they made agreements with those who produced the best weapons. So they dealt with weapons, 
They dealt with gold and silver bullion, and they dealt with slaves. That was their whole. Can that was a whole foundation. About, yes. Hmm? While okay. you're talking about this and you're delving into the, that particular topic in this day and time and our lifespan, you know, when we hear about international banks, the first people we identify with are the Rothschilds. Can you mm-hmm. speak of the Rothschilds' relationships to the Moors? You know, how far were, back yeah. do the Rothschilds go later. as international bankers? That was that, that and how was did they how time. did they get the control? The same, the same way I'm describing now that they've been doing since ancient times is that they first come up and they introduce these things and the people is naturally gravitating towards it. And what they would do, they have to, they would have the silver, the silver and gold and precious metal, metal bullion. And what they do is they put that all in the storefront window, right? And then what they do is they begin to issue promissory notes based on that saying that, in other words, instead of me carrying around this physical gold to buy things and give it to you, whatever, I'm going to write this note where I got it stored here. A lot of times, they stored it in ancient temples. And so they knew people wouldn't go in there and violate and rob the temple, stuff like that. So they began, this is why you get the story about Jesus and the money changes in the temples and so forth. This is this is how they did it. They did it using the protection of the priesthood and the kings that they was able to eventually buy. And the, the priesthood and the kings, they didn't know. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't know. See, this is this is a, a secret cabal that had they had this thing down to a science how they was gonna do this and they and they thinking internationally. Where King the King is just thinking about his particular kingdom or whatever, they they thinking beyond that. They thinking internationally. To them, they just porn. Yeah, they just porn. And this began with us. This began with the trader class and stuff amongst us. How it got to European is just how I said. So Rothschilds and them, all of them was carrying them on the same formula. The same formula. Remember, Rothschild was lending money to the kings so they could carry out different wars, supplying them with weapons. They controlled that. Matter of fact, they would in, in slavery, right? What they would do is they would go to this king. See, they constantly was upsetting the balance of power with money and weapons. So they would, so say they step into West Africa, or say they step into some place in America. First thing they do, they observe it. We got a king over here. We got a king there. This king don't like this one. This king don't like this one. All right, let's let's work our thing now. Let's go to this king, promise this king weapons and money, and the weapons that he get, he could overthrow this king next to him and expand his empire. All we want from you is give us the prisoners of war as slaves. And so, I mean, I can get into a whole history of how this thing worked and how they did it up to now. What we witnessing here in America was the final perfection of the whole, eventually they wanted to get to fiat currency, currency that's not backed up by anything. Even back then, they used to lie. They used to do what they call pinching and sweating, where if they got coins, they kept pinching off a piece of it, and you punch off enough pieces, you got another coin. They they, used, they would use all kinds of deceit. They would tell people, here, I, I'm issuing this currency, this note, because it's backed up. They have all this gold and silver in their, their windows, so people say, oh, they got it like that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got to worry about them. And they issue and this stuff, and they would issue these promissory notes on, on assets that didn't even exist. I mean, they they played. I mean, the stuff that they did through time, man, it's been crazy. When it, when it, all this comes to light, that's why you see them hanging. That's why they commit suicide now because they know their time is short, and it's it's a situation of baby. Think about it. I I, I, I posed this question to Brother Biko. I said, I said, if you had to live totally with, without money. How would you do it? 
he couldn't think. He couldn't. I'm, I'm putting this question out to everybody right now. If you had to live without money, with zero money in your possession, you have purified yourself. See, money has almost literally become an anathema to me. It's something that it's like a disease. I don't even want to touch it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to cleanse myself. I don't even want it on my person. I don't want to own it, and I don't want to decide to own it. And when you get yourself to that point where you don't own it and you don't desire to own it, now you have purified yourself. Wash your God's powers unfold because there's nothing out of holding a check. It's going to unfold. So what I want to do is this. I found a way. And the whole bank is, that's like Goliath. But guess what? David killed Goliath with a slingshot and a stone. That's what that stone is. That stone is called Bitcoin or virtual currency. That's going to bring the, their whole house of cards down. That's why the Bank of England just issued a statement saying that it's a threat to our economy, and they said worst-case scenario, it will render we, – we, we, we have no control no more. We, we, we can't control the issuers of it. We, monetary policy is out the window with virtual currency. We have no control no more. They know right. it. Hold on one second. Um, family, we have two minutes remaining of the live stream. For those of you that are listening, on your computer, you want to continue with us with a question and answer segment. Three four seven six three seven two one three five is the number. Three four seven six three seven twenty one thirty five. Okay, you have a few minutes to call in. Call and continue with us. All right, we definitely want to get to Q and A and some other, uh, you know. Well, let me just mention something real quick before the um, eleven o'clock. I just want to mention something because um. I want to get the solution in there. I mentioned, I talked about the problem. The solution is going to be twofold. One, I found a way that you can live. And I, I'm a, this moon cycle coming up with this new moon, I plan to totally purify myself of money. I already began to start the process. And I, I have an exact pattern. When I say part the Red Sea, I have an exact way that a person could live with zero money using a virtual currency. So, I'm putting together, I'm going to be teaching the classes on virtual currency and virtual world because these are two things that's going to be happening. I'm also putting together a Matrix 5 virtual world academy, technology academy for young people, and I'm going to be teaching grades 5 on up, middle school on up. So get your children enrolled because I'm going to be teaching them this uh, uh, technology and this technology is going to be the wave of the future dealing with this virtual world technology. When you combine virtual world with virtual no, currency, you. what was that? You, you have a whole new Let paradigm, a whole new social. What's that? Let them know how to reach you, brother. Secret of secrets.info. Oh, please send me an email. WFM, excuse me, contact at secret of secrets.info. Contact at secret of secrets.info. Let me know that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.